Hello, I'm Rachel Lyman, and we want to welcome you to Interfaith Connection, a Spiritual Life Center monthly podcast dedicated to the interfaith exploration of faith traditions that promote love. Our study will allow us to build bridges of understanding, acceptance, love, and peace. My partner in so many ways on this journey is Rev. Dave Lyman, Senior Minister for the Interfaith Explorers. He's an ordained interfaith minister and my beloved husband. This year, we will be on a grand adventure of exploring interfaith, and we're so excited that you have joined us. So buckle up and get ready for our 2021 adventure with today's podcast. Good morning. My name is Dave Lyman, and I am the Senior Minister for Interfaith Explorers. And we are excited to bring to you today the first Interfaith Connection podcast. Interfaith is prevalent in Sacramento, and one of the pioneers is the person we have on board today, the leader of the Interfaith Explorers, and even more exciting for me, my wife. I want to introduce Rachel Lyman. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Dave, and thank you for that kind introduction. So, as a matter of fact, you are our, I've made you our senior minister for Interfaith Explorers. And before we start this podcast, I would ask you, as our Interfaith Explorer senior minister, to please lead us in prayer. Thank you, Rachel. So, everyone, take a deep breath knowing that wherever you are, as you listen to this podcast, And you take that deep breath, you settle into the divine within. Knowing that this is a divine appointment, we set this sacred space today. Filled with gratitude for God and the co-creation of this life. For the many ways that we can see faith, knowing each faith tradition leads home. We ask this day, that these be our voices as we share this podcast, but your words, dear God. Express yourself through us this day. And we say this in your name. Amen. Amen. So, Rachel, Interfaith Explorers was birthed years ago from you. And what was the purpose of it? How did it come about? Share. Though, before I start on that, I'm going to step back for a minute and know that we're going to talk and give a lot of information and details today, but this is part of our family. The fact you're here means you're part of the family. So we want you to know what's going on here. Rachel is sitting in our dining room with a clock behind her in the kitchen where I get to do all my cooking and our cooking. And I'm sitting in the office with paintings and photographs behind me because if we sit next to each other, we get an echo. So that's just to give you an idea of how the setup is. Now back to the question, what's the purpose of Interfaith Explorers, Rachel? Well, our mission statement for Interfaith Explorers 
is Interfaith Explorers builds bridges by providing interfaith education and events of different faith traditions in the greater Sacramento region. We have to remember what Mahatma Gandhi, the spirit, respected spiritual and political leader of the 1900s said, if we are to respect others' religions as we would have them respect our own, a friendly study of others' religions is our sacred duty. And also to quote John Fish, former president of the Interfaith Council of Greater Sacramento. He often said at interfaith events that God has many, many doors to one mansion, which means that there are very uh, many faith traditions that honor God and love God. So the last thing I wanna mention is building bridges. Well, what is a bridge? Well, according to the dictionary or the internet dictionary, <laughs> a bridge connects two different entities that stand alone in their own right. And when connected, they're no longer separate. A bridge expands across an obstacle to find on the other side something to learn, to honor, to accept. And a bridge's purpose is to eliminate separation to promote understanding, love, and peace. And that is, in a nutshell, what Interfaith Explorers is all about. And so, Rachel, this is a podcast, which is like an audio program of 30 to 45 minutes on a monthly basis through this year. Um, that's going to be available the fourth Friday of each month. Tell me a little bit about what your vision is in terms of what you're going to do, where it's located, uh, and some of your thoughts? Well, as Spiritual Life Center has graciously offered to have us have our own section on their website called Interfaith Connection Pod under podcasts, Interfaith Connection Podcasts. So when one is recorded, you will find them there uh, with different titles. And um, once they are aired and available, you can listen to them anytime. It doesn't have to specifically be on that Friday they're aired, but you can go in at your leisure and listen to them. You mean like over and over again? Oh, absolutely. Over and over again. <laughs> and take your own notes and so forth. <laughs> and uh, Dave and I will be, you and I will be talking uh, quite a bit about things, but also we plan to have guest speakers from various faith traditions in various areas of interfaith exploration. Now, we've also asked uh, Spiritual Life Center for, we used to do the Interfaith Connection program on Wednesday night, so we've asked them this year for two Wednesday night dates. One of them is August 4th, the other September 15th. Now, should COVID-19 situation open everything up and people can meet in person, we will have an in-house program at SLC on those two particular dates. In addition, we're still going to have our monthly podcast. So this is all an evolution process for us, but we're so excited to be able to spread this information. And so I would guess also, if um, the situation has not changed and we're not able to meet normally, besides our once a month, we will have a podcast for August 4th and a podcast for September 15th. 
Uh, we will. It's either be, yes, we will. Um, well, I was thinking we might have a podcast in addition to some kind of uh, Zoom meeting or uh, live uh, a program that we can uh, have because we want to do some uh, um, on-hands things too and explain different things about faith traditions. So um, we have to wait and see what happens and do the best electronic connection we can. <laughs> so Rachel, Interfaith Explorers, birthed from you, can you talk a little bit about the past history of how you got from there to here? Well, I have to first explain that um, I have education, an educational background in the helping professions. So I have a great love for people and wanting to help people, want to learn about people. I also connect very easily with people on a heart-to-heart -heart basis. And, and I love learning. I love learning about other cultures, other faiths. So with that in mind, in 2005, I walked into SLC. In 2007, I became co-champion co and then champion of the Interfaith Ministry, which was birthing at that time. We were just exploring and trying to figure out what to do. Um, and uh, the... Two years later in 2009, what happened was there was a lot of activity in the world and in uh, the community for the Buddhist faith. The Dalai Lama was traveling all over the world. He actually came to UC Berkeley to give a talk. And uh, we had a group from SLC help organize that, go down to listen to him. Um, our interfaith um, ministry at the time there was a video that came out about the Dalai Lama, uh, the 10 questions asked of the Dalai Lama. And so we showed that video two nights running at the small church and had about 100 people. In, re in a relation to the video, we also uh, provided a, a Buddhist panel. And after each video and the questions were answered, we had a question and answer period. So it was a really in-depth that year was really in-depth about Buddhism. So one of our participants suggested I start, gee, we got a lot of interfaith interest. Uh, Rachel, maybe you want to start a database uh, for those people interested in interfaith. So I did, and that was 2009. Well, I set up an, an an email list. And when you set up a group email list, you have to name it something. So I thought, what am I going to call this? So I called it Interfaith Explorers. And that's where that term for me was birthed. So I had an e email list of over 60 people and decided to started disseminating information about uh, interfaith communities in Sacramento and events through that list. And so I remember the next step, if I can share it, which was an education meeting that occurred toward the end of 2009 uh, with Michael Moran and, and all of the uh, leaders of the church talking about different things coming up. And I remember sitting in that class or um, that uh, meeting and hearing you say, well, we should do a, a, a class of some kind. Um, maybe a, a one-time class about things. 
And I remember Mike Zagarski saying um, it should be more of a of a experience. And Michael Moran turning to you and saying, and you know, Rachel, instead of one, let's do one a month. Do you remember that? That's right. And my mouth <laughs> dropped open. <laughs> and I went, what? So we went away from <clears throat> that meeting <clears throat> and had a, a organizational meeting and came up with an idea how are we going to do that? Well, we started with the oneness symbol uh, from SLC. And the oneness symbol has seven major religions that uh, promote love on the symbol. So Michael uh, Moran said, let's start with those and give uh, experiences around those particular faith traditions and then see what else we can come up with. So... Um, Mike Zaglarski's idea about having an experience evolved into inviting a speaker from that, let's say the Hindu, from that Hindu tradition, uh, asking them to answer 10 questions, which Reverend Michael and Faith uh, designed many years ago, which asked questions about the nuts and bolts of that particular faith tradition. And then they also had to lead us as a group in an uh, uh, let's say, we'll call it Hindu, ex a Hindu experience of some kind. We also had a committee, a, a team that uh, loved to cook and brought in uh, traditional food from the Hindu faith. Yes. And I want to share with you that um, Rachel had developed at this point in time enough of a volunteer group of almost 50 people to do this. And um, when she says developed a food group, it was actually led by an organic vegetarian chef who later opened her own restaurant. And there were, there were for a couple of the classes, a Saturday before the big class on Monday night, where the chef would get together with five or six people and go into a kitchen someplace and start to pre-op and, and cook all the food. So this was a major gathering of sets oh absolutely we had all kinds of fun um in preparing a three hour it was a three hour experience each month starting with the uh the talk the experience uh, the um uh, sacred experience and the food we also had people bring in icons from that particular, if they had traveled the world, and many people in SLC at that time were world travelers, so they had all kinds of icons, Buddhist icons, Hindu icons. And so we had those set up. Uh, the speakers were also asked to uh, provide uh, two or three handouts and uh, bibliography. So each person that signed up for these three-hour experiences received a binder with a tab for each individual faith tradition where they could keep their notes. And that was actually part of the, let, let me clarify that a little bit. In order to get the binder, you needed to sign up for all nine classes. And, and Rachel had a huge group of people that signed up for all those classes so they could get their own personal binder. And, and prior to the class, people would come in early just to get their handouts so they could put them in their slot in their binder 
and start to go through them before the class occurred. Right. And the reason for that was that we, we discussed that and it gave each person an opportunity to take their own notes and see the similarities and, and differences between the different faith traditions. So it was a deep learning experience for each person. How um, successful was it? Well, we averaged, we started out at the little church, or, or excuse me, at um, Parktown Circle and averaged 70 people for two classes there and realized we needed more space. So we ended up at Pioneer in the, in the social hall at Pioneer Congregational Church and averaged 100 people per class. Uh, we also added a, um, a class on Celtic uh, faiths uh, which was the eighth uh, uh, tradition. And the ninth one was a class on Native American. So it was, it was a totally wonderful experience. <laughs> so I seem to remember at the end of that year, uh, we, we stepped back and took a breath. And um, still being involved in interfaith in the arena, I remember that Michael Moran called us in 2013, and uh, we had a meeting, and he said, I want to have um, a Wednesday night interfaith experience, um, and I want to have soup and salad to start off with, and then an experience. And um, I remember that we started that with Michael doing the talks and things. Um, however, he was in the midst of retiring Faith had passed on, and he discovered his grandkids um, and, and eventually went up to the Northwest to spend time with them. So at that point, you and I um, kind of stepped up to start being involved at a deeper level. That's true, and we called that uh, those uh, Wednesday night programs the Interfaith Connection. Very successful. We had averaged about 30 to 35 people for the soup and salad and then uh, a total of over 60 people that stayed for the service part of it. <clears throat> and we came to the end of 2014, and uh, you and I sat down for a long period of time and went in and met with, the, uh, with Reverend uh, Tr James Trapp and Reverend Christine Bouton. And we were going to explore what the next year was going to bring about, but you and I walked in with binders that essentially laid out the whole year um, because I loved your approach. You, you said, you know, we can do another year like 2014 and share this faith tradition started at this point in time, this was the leader. But what would happen if we were to share in 2015 what it was like? That we would invite guests to come and share that I'm a Muslim and here's what the faith is like for me. And that was our approach and vision in 2015. And it was an absolutely amazing. It's another um, Camelot experience because some of those Wednesday nights were extraordinary. The other thing, a couple other things we did in 2015 is it was a parliament of world religions in Salt Lake City. And Dave uh, was uh, organizer of a group from Spiritual Life Center to 
help us uh, get there, figure out how to what to do when we got there. And then we had a debriefing meeting to share afterwards. So that was a huge experience. In fact, going to the Parliament of World Religions was one of, on my bucket list. And uh, that experience, we had 35 people from all over the West Coast, including 14 interfaith and unity ministers on that time with the parliament. And the parliament was first held in 1893. Um, and this was a continuation of it, and it still meets today in today's world. Um, there were some 12,000 faith traditions there. And it, it was beyond words because you could come around the corner and there would be a group of Buddhist monks doing a Mandela and then go a little further along. And at one point in time, we came around the corner and there were 12 angels in white robes and with wings, not saying anything, going up an escalator and going off into the distance. There was just unbelievable classes and gatherings. And, and there were over 10,000 people there. So it was just overwhelming and extraordinary experience. The uh, community center where they had it was like going to an airport <laughs> where you had a workshop at one place and then a mile late down the road was another room with a workshop. And we did have some people from Spiritual Life Center as presenters too. So it was an extraordinary year for interfaith. I want to go back to um, a couple things that year in 2015, one of the things I, I love to go places and talk to people in their own church homes. So I organized 10 field trips to different faith traditions around the Sacramento area. And uh, the people who went, I have one person in particular keeps saying to me, I'll always remember every one of those field trips. They were so meaningful for me. And, and I think that's... Uh, that's who we are. And then as we go, we not only honor the other people, but they see that our intent is to actually connect, build that bridge of love. And so that's for the Sacramento, greater Sacramento community, that's extremely important. The other thing I did, which was kind of a fun thing, when we first started in 2014 for soup and salad, there was no tablecloths on the tables the first Wednesday night. And we went home that night and I said to Dave, that'll never happen again. Not on my watch. And so, so I'm going to interrupt because from that point on, Rachel dragged me into every <laughs> store in the Sacramento region as we searched, because there were seven tables. We searched for seven menorahs, seven crosses, seven of this, seven of that. And it was so fun because Reverend James Trapp said, I love to come in on Wednesday morning and see what the decoration on the tables will be for that night. Uh, it was it was just fun. So it, I have a creative side, so that really fed me. And I also learned as I was gathering, uh, I, you know, little icons and things to to celebrate the the talk or the speaker they were the day was uh, honoring. So it was a learning thing. It was a learning experience for me too. So I deepened my learning in that sense. Um, and one of the reasons I want to share some memory type things is because we want 
to remember that this is a family. In bridge building, we are a family. And so this Interfaith Explorers group, this podcast is yours. It's not Rachel's. It's not mine. It's yours. And so because of that, we want to make sure that you communicate. What kinds of things do you want to hear from people, Rachel? Well, we want to know what if you have any interfaith topics that you'd like us to explore. Also, what if when COVID-19 disappears and everything's safe out there and we can actually do in-person field trips, where do you want to go? Are there some communities, faith communities, temples, mosques that you'd like to visit? And what questions do you have that we might be able to find answers to? Well, all of this feedback you can send to interfaith at slcworld.org. That's interfaith at slcworld.org. And that's anything, even just checking in, because this is an exploration, and Rachel is absolutely fearless. (laughs) To give you another example. At one point in time in 2015, we were going to celebrate and talk about Diwali, the Festival of Lights. And I found a video that showed the making of a rangoli, which is a mandala of types made of chalk and sand done in the entranceway or the lobby areas of people's homes for the Diwali. And these women had made lots of them because they were just spectacular in their approach. About two-thirds of the way through it, Rachel grabbed my arm and said, I want to do one of those. And so the next day, I found myself at every Hindu grocery store in South Sacramento. And we went, and this was two weeks before Diwali. We went into the first one and we asked if we could buy some Diwali colored sand or colored chalk. And the guy looked at us and said, are you crazy? Diwali is in a week. There's none left. But we persevered and we found it. So that night, Rachel got there how many hours early? Well, I got there. First of all, I had to make do a design. And if you go on the internet, you find thousands of designs. So it's overwhelming. So I... And are, the desi- are the designs just pulled out of error, or are they like? Well, some are, uh, but there are some that are handed down in families from generation to generation, which is totally amazing. And it's only the women, and it's uh, the Hindus, Jains, and the Sikhs that also do this. So it's only the women that prepare that, and it can be made out of almost anything, really, pebbles, sand, chalk. Uh, very colorful, though. So um, I just so you, got excited. <laughs> and so you got there four four hours early? I was at, at about four hours early, and I had my design. And this was in the uh, Spiritual Life Center uh, courtyard at Foxtown. Uh, Fox, Park Town. Park Town Circle. Circle. Sorry. I almost said my uh, former address. <laughs> and um, chalked it out, and then I started laying the sand down. And at that, the first one, I, you know, I did it so last minute, I didn't ask for any help or anything. And so when we got there, 
um, just before the service. Um, Ray, I hadn't seen Rachel uh, other than maybe a while before the service. And so the service started and she was in the back. So I, I had her come up so that she could talk about the Rangoli. And as she came up, I realized that she was wearing black suede shoes, which were every color of the rainbow. And her hands were every color of the rainbow. So in handing her the microphone, when she turned around, the audience gasped because it looked like she had been finger painting. <laughs> and I really had, <laughs> almost. So it was a wonderful experience. And then what you do, too, is when you get your Rangoli done, is you put little tea lights all around it so it's lit up. And it welcomes people into their homes uh, and it could be uh, Rangulis are also done for weddings and various celebrations as well as Diwali. So you did two more. I did. I, I was so enthused that the next year I said, uh, when, when we did Diwali, we had a Wednesday night Diwali service again, and you did the talking on that. I said, I want to do another Rangoli, but this time I, I need help. <laughs> so I asked for help and I, I had a committee that came to my house. We put a design together and we gathered, uh, I gathered all the, this time I got sand, I think it was, uh, different colored sand. And so I had, it was myself and two or three other ladies that helped me uh, prepare that. And um, the following year, I think it was the following year, uh, we wanted to do another one. Uh, and this time uh, I had uh, someone who had expertise in uh, the creative uh, arts. And uh, I thought, well, I think I'm over kneeling on the ground right now. <laughs> so um, the uh, Michael Lawson told me that the youth are very much interested in interfaith. So I said, would they be interested in helping with a Rangoli? So they did. They made their own little tin, small tin uh, Rangolis, which were put a, around the larger Rangoli that we had. And um, they just did an amazing job. Amazing. And then I, if I remember correctly, the second and third year, you actually had um, it set up. So the Rangoli stayed there from Wednesday through to Sunday. And then Sunday, the, you had a dissolution ceremony, just much like the Mandela's that the Buddhists do. That's correct. The first one uh, we did, I think all of them we did, we had a dissolution ceremony, uh, uh, treating the Rangoli like a mandala where it's a spiritual image. And uh, so I, I did ask Reverend James on the last one. Uh, last one we did, I found an image of a peacock, which was extraordinary. And so that's the one that the youth helped with. They did a beautiful job. We outlined it and put a little white fence around it and did the dissolution on Sunday and everyone saw that. So what happened when you, when you put yourself out there to explore something or do something and try to learn something, people just are, are attracted to you and they learn too. So everyone at SLC saw that Rangoli that day and learned something about the um, Hindus and the Diwali celebration so i was i was pleased with that that was excellent and so 
one of the things that was interesting is that Rachel and I got to the end of that year and uh, it was the perfect storm. It was Camelot. All that we attempted that year worked. We had world-class musicians. We had wondrous events. But I have to be honest, we were pretty tired. So we went on a couple of vacations. And then Rachel decided that she wanted to do a couple field trips. And she wanted to do one to a Gurdwara. What happened when you wanted to do a field trip to the Gurdwara in West Sacramento in early 2017? Well, I talked to Darshan Monday. He's a PR person at the West Sacramento Gurdwara. And I brought, we'd gone out there many, many times and brought small groups. And he said, you know, we've had, uh, they had uh, some Sikhs that were harmed in the community. And people need to learn about us, that we're very gracious and loving people, and we wear turbans for a reason. So we have decided we want to have a community-wide open house uh, for 500 people. And I said, oh, that's wonderful. And he says, will you organize that for us, Rachel? Thank you. Click. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. if, if I remember correctly, he didn't say will. He said, Rachel, we're going to have a community gathering of 500 people and you will organize it. Yes. Well, I was a little overwhelmed, but I've, I started with the uh, Interfaith Council of Greater Sacramento has over 100 faith tradition churches of all kinds. Started there with their uh, outreach, uh, reaching out to their particular communities. And I also went to SLC to ask them to help with a registration of this event and there was no charge for the event but during the registration when you went online to register you were asked what faith tradition are you from and so I had a whole database at, at my fingertips so the night of the uh, open house we actually had over 500 people attend from the greater Sacramento region. And Darshan Monday asked me to say some welcoming words to them. So I got up and from the database information I collected at SLC in my talk, I was able to say, welcome. And you were sitting next to people over there, are over 500 of us this evening. You were sitting next to people who are from 17 different faith traditions. And that, um, I choke up even now when I give that information because it was extraordinary. And um, it's just a magical spiritual moment for all of us. It was a night where they started with a short service. Their tabla group played music. We were given communion. And the service was closed by a vegetarian meal, feeding all 500. And because it was a one-night event, there were people that couldn't make it. So Rachel and the Sikh leadership decided to do it one more time. And the second year, they had another 250 people visit. So over the period of two years, 750 people of the community visited the Sikh Gurdwara. 
in West Sacramento. That's correct. And I think really, um, I, I even had people from my former Presbyterian church there. So I was, it was definitely an interfaith, intrafaith, interfaith event. And, um, just a, a heart-to-heart gathering for everyone that showed up that night and the two nights, the two nights as well. So one of the things that I've gathered as your husband is that being in relationship with you, whether it be a husband or a member of the Interfaith Explorers, is an adventure of exploration of other faith traditions. So if people are listening to the podcast, and they want to join the interfaith explorers because I know one of the things one of the things because we can't get physically in front of each other that you're doing right now is sending out monthly the major interfaith holidays and events. So how do people join the interfaith explorers at this point in time? Well, my my. Um first Interfaith Explorers email list has now been converted into a constant contact uh, distribution list. And I have over 60 people on that one right now. And how so, do you join that? Well, if you want to join it, um, also, I don't know if we talked about giving feedback. If you want to give feedback or any questions or you want to join the Interfaith Explorers constant contact group, send your uh, request to interfaith at slcworld.org. That's interfaith at slcworld.org. And say- Much like a commercial. Yeah, you want to- Remember, that's interfaith at slcworld.org. There you go. So, and and let me know that you want to be put on the Interfaith Explorers constant contact list, and I'll do that for you. Now, what happens with that is I, I started, uh, uh, the, another thing you can do is Spiritual Life Center has now instituted Mighty Network in their website. And that's a website where people from that belong to SLC can join that uh, mighty network. And in that uh, system, when you go in, they have a a section for groups. If you click on groups, you can find an interfaith explorers group, go to that and it'll, and just follow the yellow brick road to join that. If you have any questions or problems whatsoever, just let me know. And so, Uh, as, as we near the end of this, this podcast and the wonderful um, chance I've gotten to look back at some of our adventures and know there are many more ahead of us, um, I think that what you did is you kind of broke down the year into four quarters. Can you share what the themes of the four quarters are? Sure, Will. The, we, the first quarter podcasts and you'll find them under Interfaith Connection Podcast at SLC uh, and SLC's website. The first quarter's theme will be Interfaith at SLC and the Sacramento region. So today we've talked a little bit about uh, the Interfaith at SLC, and we're going to go into the Sacramento region in the next few months too. The second quarter, the theme will be deepening and reconnecting with spirit. So the 
The second three months of the, of the, of the year uh, are months uh, during Lent. And so various faith traditions have that type of experience, the Christians, the, the Jewish, the Muslims. And the third quarter will be on celebrations of light. We're gonna look at some of the faith traditions and how that really, we're all so similar in how we know that light is crucial and we are light. And there are celebrations of light that remind us of that. And, and then the last quarter? And the fourth quarter will be thanking and honoring spirit. So that's kind of Thanksgiving time and what some of the faith traditions uh, will do, will look at. And so I want to invite you to be an interfaith explorers and an explorer is one who loves adventure. It's like a star, star trekker that goes into the unknown and knows that what it'll find will be an opening of your own heart. You'll find an opening of uh, information and other people that you've never met or never knew about. And it'll expand your spiritual beingness, I think. And in many cases, change your life. And so, Rachel, can you, can you close by sharing the story of the man that visited the salon with you? Yes, we, we did a, took a group to the Salam Center, which is, a, is an acronym for Sacramento Area League of Associated Muslims. And we went to their mosque and had a tour and a talk. And afterwards, one of our congregants came to me and said, you know, I had never talked to a Muslim ever before. And he got to do that that night. And he said, my life has changed. I will think of Muslims in a way bit better light always. And so that's what we want to do. We're building change and connection heart to heart. So another story I'd like to share that happened to me personally was after we had Bonte, a monk from the Buddhist community in West Sacramento, talk on a Wednesday night in 2015. I was sitting next to him. And he looked in my eyes and he took his hand and he waved his hand in, in between our faces. And he said, Rachel, I see no separation between us. And I was just overwhelmed by that talk, his comment and knew that we had connected heart to heart. It didn't matter what faith tradition we were from but we both honored the same God and the same love and the same service to the world. So that was extraordinary for me. So we ask that you join us on this journey, this great adventure of exploration of faith traditions, never knowing quite where we're going next, but knowing in truth, if it is a love-based faith tradition, we will explore it. And that there are so many ways, ranging from mosques and synagogues and churches and temples and stone circles where spirit is worshipped. Join us as we learn about them. And we give thanks for you joining us this day in this podcast. Namaste. 
Thank you for joining us today to experience and explore a deeper understanding of our interfaith look at the world. Our next podcast will be available the last Friday of the month, but we want to hear from you. So send us your comments, questions, and suggestions to interfaith at slcworld.org. That's interfaith at slcworld.org. Because we want to know about your interfaith art. So let us all remember as we go on our different paths that Gandhi said, a peaceful exploration of all faiths is our sacred duty.